Programming on the Inherent Dream Podcast Network is made possible by Extra Mile Construction, voted number one in interior design and remodeling by the Elk River Star News. Get your project started today and visit extramileconstruction.com. The Lime Tree Group, helping to provide safe spaces where children can learn and dream. To learn more, visit thelimetreegroup.org. Ashley Taylor Salon and Spa, a full-service salon and spa for women and men in Zimmerman. Book your appointment online at ashleytaylorsalon.com. The Deep Valley Book Festival, Saturday, October 7th at the Country Inn and Suites in Mankato. For more information, visit deepvalleybookfestival.com. Jenna Jensen, let Jenna be your paper pie brand partner. Get started with your order with the link through our website, inherentdream.com backslash sponsors. Pruitt's Paradise, an Airbnb rental located in Lanesboro, Minnesota. Take it easy at this unique and tranquil getaway. Book online at airbnb.com. Just search for Pruitt's Paradise. Medawana Visionary, a psychic located in central Minnesota. More information is available on Facebook. Just search for Dark Art and Pony Rides. And listeners like you. This is the Inherit Dream Podcast Network. Welcome to the Trevor J. Brown Show. The Trevor J. Brown Show is meant for an adult audience. The Trevor J. Brown Show may contain explicit language and topics. Listener discretion is advised. This is the Trevor J. Brown Show. Be a part of the show and email us at inherentdream at yahoo.com. Visit our website at InherentDream.com. And now, your host, Trevor J. Brown. Aw, yeah! Welcome into another edition of the Trevor J. Brown Show right here on the Inherent Dream Podcast Network. We have a stellar show lined up for you this week. How good it'll sound, I do not know. It's COVID Part 2. For me, round two for me. It's been a couple of years, COVID. Hello, my old friend. Not friend. Enemy. Idiot. 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 Not a fan of COVID. The first time I had COVID was before COVID was an actual thing. Before it was the worldwide phenomenon. Christmas 2019, severe body aches, fever, cold, cough, chills one minute, fever the next, you're too hot, you're too cold, you can't get right, you're not hungry. And then it just kind of went away. And then I got the vaccines. I know some people are anti-vaccine, whatever, I'm not getting into that tonight. Some people are pro-vaccine, I'm not getting into that tonight, I don't care. If you want the vaccine, get the vaccine. If you don't want the vaccine, don't get the vaccine. Don't care. I got the vaccine. Well, I, I got, I, I've been boosted and all of that. I ended up getting COVID again. Sunday was fine. Thank goodness I was fine for Super Bowl. I was able to watch a great game. Chiefs are the Super Bowl champions, which, by the way, who predicted the Chiefs to win the whole thing at the beginning of the year? Right here. This guy. 
Should have laid some money down on it. Didn't do that. Idiot. 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 But then Monday, it's like somebody went to the local hardware store, bought 28 different sheets of sandpaper and just scratched them all in the back of my throat. And it got progressively worse throughout the day. But what was even worse than that, by Tuesday, just terrible body aches. Very, very bad body aches. And my doctor prescribed me Paxlovid, so I'm on I'm on that. And I am starting to feel a bit better. Definitely better than Tuesday. But still not 100%. So I hope to be fully back in action next week. But I bring that up because I, these shows have sounded like absolute dog crap the last few days. Doing the local show. It's like COVID is smart because whenever I turn on the microphone... COVID realizes when I do that, and then I I get a a massive coughing fit right as the mic goes live. So what's great about a podcast is I can go back and edit it, but it gets annoying to do that once you're doing it 9, 10, 11 times and, and having to restart a segment. So again, I mentioned this not for you to feel sorry for me, not for you to give me a pat on the back or anything like that. I just want to let you know that it's been kind of a crappy week. But for the people that have reached out to me and uh, and said hello, I appreciate you and I hope you are well. And I hope that I can see you soon because the thing that sucks about this is when you're out and about doing a business, it's nice to interact with people. I love talking with people. I love meeting new people. I love getting new clients. I love touring facilities. I love doing all of that. And when you're sick, you can't do any of that. So it's been kind of a a drag this week. And you know what? Glass half full as I'm trying to be lately, trying to be more positive. It's all an energy thing. It could be worse. Could be absolutely way worse. I could be in the hospital right now with this and thank goodness I'm not. So I'm doing fine, obviously enough to record the show, but again, how well it sounds, uh, is, uh, is anyone's guess. So Mark Stone is with us for his, uh, season finale, football season finale. We'll have Stone back again a few more times here in season two, but we have him on during the NFL season. We win some money with Stone. We make predictions. We give big opinions. And now the season's done. The Chiefs are the champs. Patrick Mahomes is the MVP. We'll talk to Stone all about it. I also have some thoughts on the Grammys. And I have a review of the film The Whale, which I promoted a few weeks back, and then we just got so busy here on the Trevor J. Brown show that we never got around to it. So I'll talk about that coming up. But first, I want to give you my grades from Super Bowl night. What did you think of the big game? What did you think of the halftime show? What did you think of the commercials? 
What did you think of the food spread of the party you went to that you brought nothing to, but you ate all of their food anyway? Maybe you made food. How did your food turn out? I want to send a congratulations, by the way, to Ashley Magnuson and Travis Halseth. They are the winners of the Inherent Dream prize packs that we gave away. When we posed the question before the big game, what are you serving at your party? What's your go-to dish? We were going to give away just one prize pack, but, well, gosh darn it, I decided to give away two. How about that? You get some Inherent Dream swag. We have a restaurant gift card for you. And uh, also some snacks as well. Thanks to everybody who chimed in on that. So for the game itself, I give the game an A-. I thought the game was very entertaining up until the very end. The reason why I say that is because I wish it would have been more like, man, the Chiefs are driving at the end to win the game. Patrick Mahomes throws a touchdown. I mean, taking a knee at the end. The slide from McKinnon to set up the field goal. Like, I get why you do that. I get all of that, but it was sort of anticlimactic. And there really wasn't enough time at the end for Philadelphia to do anything. So, also, if you were looking for any defense in the game, there was none. There was no defense at all. I don't know what the over-under was, but I assume the over-hit big time. I could be wrong on that. Maybe we'll ask Stone about that. But it was a very entertaining football game. I give it an A-. The commercials this year I thought were better. I have been very hard on the commercials. Really, I feel like since the beginning of this podcast. Now, the Trevor J. Brown show has only been in, in existence for a couple of years, but... The podcast that we had prior to this was called Another Round. And I always laugh because I I know these advertising, pardon my language, douchebags, that sit in these rooms and they love the smell of their own farts so much that they feel like anything that they come up with, anything that they say is this incredible idea. Oh, because I thought of it. It's it's going to be amazing. And they spend these millions of dollars. I mean, there's there's local companies, not for the Super Bowl, but there's local companies that spend hundreds of thousands of dollars and putting their their advertisements on on local television stations and they think they're they're too cool for school. And they think that that what they're doing is their 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 television message, their ad is so clever. Oh, it's so creative. And it's all these these guys that are and, and ladies that are sitting in a boardroom somewhere that are like, oh man, this this ad is gonna change the world. It's gonna it's gonna be revolutionary. And it's not. You're spending a ton of money. And and what's what's amplified with the Super Bowl is how much were ads this year? Like six or seven million dollars? Did I read that right previously? That it was that much money? It, ridiculous. But I thought the ads this year 
were not terrible. I, I give the ads probably a a B minus to a B, somewhere in that range. I loved. If there was a winner of the night, it's Ben Affleck. I loved the Dunkin' Donuts ad with Jennifer Lopez. That ad was funny. I love Ben Affleck anyway. I love Ben Affleck more as a director than an actor. But the reason why I say he wins for the night is because the Duncan ad was hilarious. And his new movie, which he's directing and also going to be in with Matt Damon, looks incredible. It's called Air. It's about Nike landing Michael Jordan to a contract. That story needs to be told. It's an incredible story. But I like Ben. He's a good director, too. He did uh, a movie called Argo. He did a movie called The Town. Gone Baby Gone. He has done some phenomenal work directing. Watch his movies. If If I have to have you watch one, watch The Town. But the guy who steals the performance in that is Jeremy Renner. Holy smokes, Jeremy Renner is good in that movie. But that's what bothers me about about these these ads, these ad executives, all of these people in advertising. They're so egotistical. Oh my goodness. Oh that that's really clever. That's that's a really cool idea. Oh no one else ever really thought of that. Oh. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's a good tasty fart right there. Oh yeah. Get over yourself. No one cares. I also like the Pepsi ads. The one with Ben Stiller. I know people are hot and cold on, on Ben Stiller, but when he's doing Zoolander, I just love that. The one with Steve Martin, too, was was dynamite. And also, uh, I don't know who has the money with this organization or what, but the Jesus ads. Uh, the Jesus ads are powerful. I, I don't know if, like, who, who's putting up the money to, to do those ads, what that organization is about, what they, what well, what they stand for is clearly Jesus. But I don't know if it's, like, some, like, right-wing organization or some church group or I don't know who sponsors those ads. Uh, I guess I really haven't looked a whole lot into it. But uh, I, for, for those type of ads to be on during the Super Bowl... I saw two of them. They they were both different ads. They didn't run the same ad. And for those to be on in a big, big spot like that, a big time game, a big spot like that, I, I feel like that was uh, pretty gutsy in a way to, to run those ads. And I'm all for bringing more people to to the faith. So maybe those ads have a, have a positive impact. The halftime show... I, I I prefaced it too. You can go back and listen to it. I was excited for for Rihanna and the halftime show. I I think she has a ton of hits. And when the when the show started, I I as the sh- as as like the first three or four minutes went on, I I just kind of thought that that it was lazy. And then later I found out that, oh, well, she was performing and she's pregnant with a second child. And then if if some people hear 
my commentary on the performance after hearing that. Then they're like, well, you're sexist. She's pregnant. She's with child. I wasn't saying that the performance was lazy because she's pregnant. I just thought that the performance was lackluster. There were no outfit changes. It was the same background dancers the whole time. They didn't change outfits. And I don't mind pop artists or R&B artists or whatever you want to call Rihanna. I don't care that she performed at halftime, but can we stop with these medleys? Can a pop artist just pick like four or five or six of their best known songs and play that song from front to back to fill the 15 minutes. Honestly, I know that my parents aren't the main demo that the Super Bowl halftime and Apple is targeting during the performance. But at one point, my dad said after like the first medley sort of ended at six or seven minutes, he said, oh, she's going to perform another song. So he was under the impression that that first three or four songs or whatever she did that were all smashed together. He was like, oh, now we, now she's going to do something else. And look, again, he's 73. He knows music, but he, he's not necessarily uh, equipped with the knowledge of the, the Rihanna discography or a fan of Rihanna discography. But I feel like wouldn't you bring more people to your music and more attention on your music if you just said, okay, I'm going to play these five songs. But instead it's like, we're going to put 10 of my hits together. I'm going to sing the hook from all of these hits. You're not going to be able to recognize any separation between anything. And like, you can't perform 10 full songs in 13, 14 minutes of a halftime show. It's stupid. I also thought some of the songs that she picked, like the, the opener, I isn't that song called Bitch Better Have My Money? Like, yeah, that that song's kind of a banger in a way, but I, I don't know if I would have necessarily opened with, with that song. I don't even know. Like, if you're going to pick just four or five recognizable Rihanna songs, does that song even make your list? There could have been like some really cool things that Rihanna could have done. We all talk about, remember when Prince played the Super Bowl halftime show and he played Purple Rain and it was raining? Yeah, that was pretty, that was pretty dang cool, right? Well, with Rihanna and the song Umbrella, couldn't you have done something cool where there was some water element and you open up an umbrella or something. And I, the, the, the thing that people were talking about the most was the stupid stage hovercraft she was on. Yeah, that's kind of cool, I guess. But we're not really talking about, wow, her vocals were so good or the dance moves were so good. And again, this brings me back to something I've said about certain performers for a long time. And go back and listen to the show last week. I was kind of excited for Rihanna because, again, she has a ton of hits. She has a ton of good music that has been on pop radio. But my question is, 
after halftime, Twitter lit up and was like, my goodness, it's so good. But then everyone I talked to was like, that sucked. It wasn't very good. And I say this, do we like some of these pop artists because they're actually good and they make good music or do we like them because we're told to like them and that there'll be some severe backlash on social media if we say anything critical about Rihanna or Beyonce or Taylor Swift or Harry Styles or any of these people. I just, I didn't, I didn't think it was very good. Like I, that's just my opinion. And I don't know. I, I just, I, I had higher expectations for that. So I, I give this, the, the halftime show a D plus a C minus again, commercials. I thought B minus to a B the game itself was uh, the moment of the night, a minus and for food. Oh, we had so much good food. We had chicken wings. We had pizza, we had artichoke dip. We had cheeseburger dip. We had a cookie tray. And we did have a veggie tray to try to be a little healthy, too. My review of the Brennan Fraser movie, The Whale, is next. This is the Trevor J. Brown Show on the Inherent Dream Podcast Network. The Trevor J. Brown Show. Come along with the Inherent Dream Podcast Network and promote your business. And let's make the next year a record year. The Inherent Dream Podcast Network is home to The Trevor J. Brown Show and 763 The Local with more shows debuting soon. Our advertising packages are super affordable and will get your message in front of thousands. Unique and entertaining podcasts and content being produced right here in central Minnesota. Support local. Interested in learning more? Connect with us at InherentDream at Yahoo.com. The Inherent Dream Podcast Network. This isn't business as usual. Me and the wife went to the theater a few weeks back to see the brand new film, The Whale. I was very excited for this movie. It's directed by Darren Aronofsky and written by Samuel D. Hunter. It's based on a play written by Samuel D. Hunter. Uh, the film stars Brendan Fraser, Sadie Sink, and Hong Chow. In the film, Brandon Fraser plays an English teacher with severe obesity who is trying to restore his relationship with his teenage daughter. Whether it's fair or not, I drew a lot of comparisons between The Whale and another Darren Aronofsky film called The Wrestler. You might remember that film from 2008. The film starred... Mickey Rourke in a performance of a lifetime. Also Marissa Tomei and Evan Rachel Wood. Rourke plays an aging professional wrestler who, despite his failing health and waning fame, continues to wrestle in an attempt to cling to the success of his 1980s heyday. He also tries to mend his relationship with his estranged daughter and to find romance with a woman who works as a stripper. So I drew comparisons because two things. One, the relationship factor with his estranged daughter happening in the whale happening in the, in the wrestler. And also it's a story of redemption. Hey, at one point in my life, I was a piece of garbage. Now I'm trying to be a better person. Can that happen in the wrestler? 
Mickey Rourke does multiple things where you feel like, man, he's really trying to be a better person. He's really trying to turn the corner. Maybe he is turning a corner. Who knows? Maybe he's going to have a, 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 a revival of his career. Maybe he'll finally find love. Maybe he'll be able to mend his relationship with his daughter. And then something happens where he shoots himself in the foot and he doesn't do that because the guy isn't young and the guy is who he is. He's lived his life at a certain point in your life. You're not going to be able to change. You don't change after a certain age. You've, you've become a certain person. You have certain tendencies you could try to be a better person, but you are who you are at a certain point. And that's what The Wrestler shows. It's a very, very uh, good movie. It's one of my favorite movies. It's in my top 10 of all time. But it is utterly depressing. Because it just shows you that some people... Look, some people can change. I want to say that. Some people can change. But a lot of people can't. A lot of people... When they constantly do bad things, they're going to constantly do bad things. They're going to constantly do mistakes because that's just who they are. It's how they were raised. That film shows that beautifully. The whale, I feel, doesn't. So, Brendan Fraser's character, you find out at this point in his life, he's alone. His gay lover, who was a student of his, died. And at one point he was married and he, and he had a child and he left the marriage and he abandoned his child for this lover. But there's no reasoning as to why he left his marriage, why he felt like he didn't want to have a relationship with his daughter at that time. There's no backstory. There's no depth to it. And again, I'm sitting in the theater at one point thinking, you got to make a decision on this movie. Do you like this or do you not? And, and, thinking of of the director and how he did the wrestler and how great that was executed and then to watch this i know it's a different story it's written by somebody else but i'm comparing the two because there are definitely comparisons that you can make between the two this one is very clunky and it doesn't provide a lot of backstory it doesn't provide you a lot of depth why did he leave his marriage what did this man offer to him that his marriage and his daughter could not and then the lover dies, and then he puts on a ton of this weight. Well, why did that happen? See, I have questions, and the film wants to tug at your heartstrings. The film wants you to think like, well, he has limited time, and now he wants you to to, to feel bad for him, and he wants to have a relationship with his daughter, and maybe he can do this, and maybe he can do that. And I, I'm just sitting there thinking, who cares? I don't feel the level of compassion as I did in the wrestler for, for uh, Mickey Rourke. 
And I guess I don't know why. Maybe I relate more to the sports theme of it. I mean, I'm fat too, but I don't, you know, I, I don't know. Like I, I just thought that the wrestler was, was executed better. It made me feel more things. I felt like the story was, was more relatable. And, uh, I even feel like in a way, Brendan Frazier, like his performance isn't bad, but some people were talking like, man, it was one of the best performances I've ever seen for 85% of the movie, the dude's sitting on a couch in a fat suit. How good a performance could that be? I mean, he's fine. But honestly, his his best acting in the movie, it's in the long trailer. And and that's that's in a way pretty pretty disappointing. I mean, I I had very high hopes going into it and if it was executed well, I would have given this film glowing reviews. So, yeah, I had high hopes, but saying that, it, it didn't really have to do a hell of a lot to convince me, like, wow, this is a, a pretty good movie. But I give it one out of four. It, uh, it was not executed very well, and it doesn't make me care about any of these characters. Even Sadie Sink, who plays the daughter... Her performance is fine, but there's parts in the movie where I'm I'm thinking of the character and I'm like, I don't really even care that your dad did abandon you because you you're kind of a brat. I don't really care if he does come back into your life or not. I, as terrible as that sounds, the performance of the movie is is Hong Chao who plays Liz, uh, his his nurse and and friend. Her performance. There are at, at times in the movie where she's just stunning. Very good. And, and Brandon Fraser is not terrible. I'm not, I'm not knocking his performance. The, overall, the acting is actually pretty, pretty dang good. I just feel the story at times is very, very clunky. And they want you to invest into these characters and develop some emotional connection with them and why you should feel sorry for them. And, and honestly, even at the end of the day with, with, Brennan Fraser's character Charlie. All right, yeah, you left your wife and kid, your lover died, and now you gained a bunch of weight. But I still, I kind of don't feel bad for you. Like, there's still at some point in your life where you were a piece of garbage, and maybe I should feel that more towards that in the wrestler. But on the wrestler, it it has a better way of of making you feel emotion, where. When I watched The Wrestler, it, it connected to that side of me where it's like, this guy is a loser, and what he's doing to these people in his life is not good, but yet I'm still somehow rooting for them, like an underdog. And I didn't feel that underdogness at all with watching The Whale. Hopefully that makes sense, but... I uh, I wasn't a huge fan of the movie. Again, I give it one out of four. It is in theaters now. This is the Trevor J. Brown Show. The Trevor J. Brown Show. Looking to buy or sell online but don't know where to start? Look no further than Jensen Sales Plus. JSP makes buying and selling online easy. From Craigslist to Amazon, eBay to Etsy, they can help you with it all. Check out their website for more information, JensenSalesPlus.com. That's JensenSalesPlus.com. Let's fire up the Moron Spotlight. 
Nothing says more on spotlight, more like the Grammys. Did you watch the Grammys? Can we finally now admit that Trevor Noah's just not funny? My goodness, how do some of these people constantly get hosting gigs? I'm not saying that I would be great at hosting the Grammys or the Oscars or anything like that, but could the guy be any more play it safe? Middle of the road? And if you want somebody funny, was Dave Chappelle busy? Was Chris Rock busy? Was Ricky Gervais busy? It's just not funny. It's like, let's not offend anyone. Let's play it safe and let's all hold hands. Let's all be friends. Well, Diplo has responded to speculation on what he said after uh, Beyonce's Grammy win for Best Dance Electronic Music Album for Renaissance. So if you look at what Diplo said on the TV broadcast, his lips read, they bought that. The producer and occasional Beyonce collaborator who was nominated in the same same category then said on Instagram, I'm glad to be part of this. She deserves her flowers when she won. I was proud to see my nomination on the screen in the huge arena. End quote. That was on Instagram from Diplo. In case you missed it. Again, we are now at a point where in the pop world, in the mainstream world, if you say anything negative about Beyonce or Rihanna or Taylor Swift or Miley Cyrus, oh, the mob will come. They will come and attack you. How dare you say that? How dare you? If it's Beyonce or Rihanna and you're a white male, you're racist, you have privilege, if you say anything negative against Miley or Taylor, you're sexist. Uh, bah, 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 bah. Why can't you just admit what you said? You know what? I hate to break it to you, but we're, we're not all stupid. Okay, we get how it works. You know, back in the day, there used to be payola. You know how it worked? Record companies would call up radio stations Hey, Mr. DJ, I'll pay you so much money if you spin this brand new single so many times in a day. And you know what that did? Because it was spun so many times in a day, it became a hit record. And you know how much more money you make if your record goes to number one? If it lands in the top five or the top ten? You make a lot more money. But now, hate to break it to you, No one listens to the radio anymore. But people stream music. So what do people do now? This is no secret. We had the story a couple years ago when Justin Bieber's new album came out. There was a story about Justin Bieber having a room full of virtual private networks streaming his music. How do you think that that things... How do you think that certain songs get streamed a million times in a day? 
you know when an album drops go go when an album drops the first day and you'll see just normal plays on on things on spotify oh wow this song got got played 4400 times and then the next day oh wow it's up to 4 million plays how is that possible that'd be like if 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 so many people are just oh yep the new taylor swift album came out i've been listening to it nonstop all day every day I'm not saying that Taylor Swift doesn't have fans. I'm not saying that people don't stream her music. But these labels are for sure investing in virtual private networks, VPNs. The more streams you get, the more money you make, the higher your record goes up the charts, the more it equates for sales. So there is still payola today. It's just... It's not as obvious. But the the Justin Bieber story, the reason why I bring that up, there was something where it's like uh, he sent an email or his label sent an email to some people that weren't supposed to see it. And it was like, hey, a reminder on your VPN to be sure to reset that so the count resets. It's the least a label can do to, to, uh, to increase those play numbers. Again, I'm not saying that I'm as talented as Justin Bieber or Taylor Swift, but I've had music online for four years and we haven't surpassed a thousand plays. Again, I'm not saying I'm Justin Bieber or Taylor Swift, but give me a break. I finally, uh, did I ever share with you? I, I, I got my first royalty check from, uh, from the albums that uh, we put online. The first record that we put for worldwide distribution was my album back in 2019 called Strawberry. Finally got our first royalty check. Big old $38. Woo! We are getting rich, folks. Oh, good luck stopping us now. But why can't why can't Diplo just admit to like, yeah, I said that. But no, when, when he, he, the mob probably roasted him on twitter how dare you attack her blah 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 you're racist blah 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 hate to break it to you too the grammy awards haven't been the grammy awards last time i had faith in the grammy awards was when arcade fire won album of the year and that ticked off so many people i know arcade fire uh win butler sure didn't have a very good year last year with all of the uh, inappropriate sexual escapades that he had, and he's married, and his wife's in the band. Not a good look there. But when uh, Arcade Fire won for uh, the suburbs back in like 2010 or 2011, everybody, everybody got so ticked off. Who the hell is Arcade Fire? Blah, blah, blah. Well, it's actually music with instruments and they're a band and they play on stage and they read music. It's an interesting concept, don't you think? Don't you think the Grammy Awards should uh, <laughs> should have a little bit of, uh, I don't know, you have to know music a little bit? I'm not saying that, that people like Beyonce don't know music. She does. Beyonce's a great singer. 
But I said this on the show. What did I say it last week? Don't you feel like if if someone were to ask you who is the 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 person who has the most Grammy awards of all time? Female artist. I I don't know. Like I I would think like man, uh, Aretha Franklin. Aretha's no longer with us, but somebody you know somebody like Aretha who legendary voice, legendary hits, or somebody like Diana Ross, you know, the work that she's done as a solo artist, the work that she did with the Supremes. No, it's Beyonce. She has like 32 Grammys. She's 41 years old. She's five years older than me. That's ridiculous. The person that should have the most Grammys of all time should not have over half their life left. Beyonce could be a recording artist until she's 90 years old. How many Grammys is she going to end up with? A hundred? That's ridiculous if you think about it. I'm not saying that people don't like Beyonce and that people shouldn't listen to Beyonce. I'm just saying they shouldn't win everything all the time. You have to be selective of what is the best. Not every Taylor Swift album deserves to be up for album of the year. Otherwise, it looks too obvious when you're paying to put it up for album of the year. You have to discern certain things. It's like when we talk about the Beatles, okay? Sgt. Pepper is a landmark album for them. Magical Mystery Tour is a good album. It's not as good as Sgt. Pepper. Let It Be is a good album from the Beatles. It's not landmark status like Sergeant Pepper. So you have to discern, you, you, you have to, you have to, you have to actually be able to be critical of yourself and to say, you know what? It's not as good. That's why I kind of like people like Drake. Drake doesn't give a, a rat's ass about Grammy awards. What are you doing it for? Are you winning? Are you doing it to win awards or are you just doing it for the love of the game? Are you doing it for the love of music? Whatever genre of music it is, if it's hip-hop or rap or rock or gospel, country, whatever. Do you think Johnny Cash gave a rat's ass about Grammys and CMAs and all of that stuff? No. Hank Williams? The Beatles didn't. The Beatles should have the most Grammys of all time. They don't. It doesn't matter. It's a stupid award. Who cares? <laughs> but at least own your words. Yeah, you know what? You probably can buy a Grammy award because, you know, you can buy a Hollywood, uh, you can buy a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Maybe we should do that. Maybe we should invest in that. The Inherent Dream Podcast Network on the Walk of Fame. And everybody that walks by can say, who the hell is that? This is the Trevor J. Brown Show. Programming on the Inherent Dream Podcast Network is made possible by Realtor Elizabeth Merwin-Smith. Over 35 years of experience in all aspects of real estate. For more information, call Beth at 763-286-3729. Fox Point Publishing. Find your new favorite book with Fox Point Publishing. Find more information at foxpointpublishing.com. Roll Air Plumbing and Heating a locally owned family business in Zimmerman. For service, call 
1595 or visit online at rollairrepair.com. Zimmerman Floral and Gifts, your hometown florist with a lovely variety of fresh flowers and creative gift ideas. Stop in at the shop or shop online at zimmermanfloral.com. In Good Hands Massage. Treat yourself to a massage. Book your appointment or get your gift cards at facebook.com backslash massage by Lindsay. Jensen Sales Plus. Looking to buy or sell online? Look no further than JSP. Get started at jensensalesplus.com. And listeners like you. It's a free-for-all Friday. And that is Mark Stone. It is his NFL season finale appearance here. We will have Stone back a couple more times here in season two, just not as frequent. But here he is, folks. And Stone, I just want to open up the show, your segment here this evening. And thank you for all your contributions this season. It's been so much fun picking the games with you, recapping each week, winning some dough. And uh, it's definitely something I look forward to uh, each and every football season. Trevor, I really don't know what to say. <laughs> you guys love me. You guys really, really love me. Yeah, we you do. Know? And it's and it's and it's great coming on the show each and every week to uh, again talk about possibly debate different things and talk about the National Football League, which is number one league there, sports league in the world right now. Another fabulous Super Bowl. Uh, fantastic. Lived up to the height, even though the ending isn't exactly the way Hollywood would have written it. Well, and we, we do want to let our listeners know that we have a signed hack on uh, negotiating your contract for the 2023 season. Uh, currently stone will be holding out for 2023 based on what hack has offered for the upcoming football season. But, uh, obviously it's a, it's a long, it's a long off season. I just know that, uh, with hack offering a pack of Nathan's hot dogs and a, uh, urban Meyer signed uh, photograph, it's, it's probably not going to be enough at this point. You know, NIL is alive and well right now on the podcast world. Yeah. You, know, you might have to sweeten the deal for me to not hit the transfer portal. That's all I'm going to tell you. Heck. Before we get to uh, talking about the Super Bowl and everything, how was your trip uh, uh, out to Nebraska? You know, it was really, really good. Uh, the college visits were were fantastic for my oldest. Um He's he's kind of locked and loaded right now for the University of Nebraska. He wants to be a Cornhusker. He, he was born there, and he just continues to love them. So he's kind of focused in on that, no matter how many other college uh, tours we take. But, again, money talks, and that's what's going to talk to him, I think, when the end when now comes up. As far as the game goes, I guess I was on the Titan Tron because I was probably only one of 10 UConn fans <laughs> in that sold out arena there when UConn tied the game, you know, late there, even though they went to review and they said, and they said Jordan Hawkins actually stepped on the line. So they made it from a three to a two, and UConn lost the close game by or four i couldn't remember a great big east battle that's all i was gonna say it was back and forth heavyweights throwing the mighty punches between them and great creighton two top 25 teams it was fantastic it's the kind of stuff that you expect 
when you go see a Big East basketball game. So that was all good. The weather was in 50 degrees down there, no snow, no nothing. So it was great to get away from Minnesota for a little while and take that in and drink a lot of brewskis, baby. Did you have the shorts on down there in Omaha? No, no, I did not look like a tourist <laughs> down there with the shorts on. Not quite. No, they, everybody could not tell us from Minnesota. So, yes, we, we kept the pants on. Some people in the bars, because me and a couple of my buddies all had UConn gear on, because I brought all my UConn gear out to deck them out, too, who was yeah. going to the game with me. So people actually came up to us and asked if we drove all the way from Connecticut <laughs> for this game. Um, you know, so again, that was kind of fun playing with that, but no, yeah, we, you know, we were tourists, but not from that. Part. Yeah. Boy, do I, I stick out like a sore thumb. Then when I go to all these different places, I'm wearing the shorts, I'm wearing the Crocs. The people in these towns are probably looking at me like, who's this a-hole that's in this place? Uh, final question about Nebraska regarding your son and the college visits. Could the, the signing of new Nebraska football coach, Matt Ja Rule have played an influence in his visit? Match of rule did not play an influence <laughs> in his visit there. However, he would love to go play for match of rule. Um, like I said, for him, his better, his better chance here is probably to get a track scholarship there, which I think he definitely has a chance at and then get preferred walk on status to the team. We'll see how his senior year goes, but that definitely could be in the cards. And if it is, then I think he's locked in on going there. He would love to play for Matt Schaub. Though, let's crank it up and let's play for a sold-out Memorial Stadium, baby. Yeah, that's uh, that would be a lot of fun. Keep us posted on that. So let's talk about the Super Bowl. I I talked earlier. I gave my grades for the game I gave my grade for the halftime show and the commercials, and then I talked about all the uh, food that I ate too much of. I, I gave the game stone an A minus. I thought the game was was really good up until the end. It was kind of anticlimactic at the end, just because it wasn't like the Chiefs drove down the field and scored and they took the lead and yeah, like a game winning drive. I mean, they it was a field goal at the end. McKinnon kind of you know slid not going into the end zone. And then you take a couple of knees, you kick the field goal. There wasn't enough time for Hertz to do anything at the end. Also, like I like the score. I like the scoring. I'd rather have it, I guess more scoring than defense, but there was not a lick of defense in that game. I'm not quite sure what the over under was, but I'm sure the over hit because there was no defense at all, but I, I still give the game an a minus. It was, it was very entertaining. And, uh, I must say, man, it it felt pretty good to to have the Chiefs win. I'm not a Kansas City Chiefs fan, but I picked them at the beginning of the year, and I I just I felt at the beginning of the year when we did our pick segment back in in late August, September, whenever our first show was for the season, I just felt like Mahomes was going to be on some sort of redemption tour, and that's what he was on this year. And man, uh, the Chiefs, what can you say about them? They they're the real deal. Yeah, you know, Trevor, that's that's the difference between me and you. You were you were correct on that on that uh, 
on that prediction. I was the guy that Travis Kelsey was talking about at the end of the game in the parade and <laughs> nonstop from here saying that I was a hater and didn't believe them or whatever. But, you know, based upon just how much better their division got and the fact of the loss of Tyreek Hill, and I do believe Andy Reid's a very, very good coach, but you also feel there is that kind of hangover that comes from the fact that you had been to two Super Bowls yeah. in the last three years and you might need to do some retooling. Plus, I wasn't that high on their offensive line I, from the year before. True. I thought they added a couple pieces that they may get better. And that's kind of what happened. They got a lot better. I mean, they shut down Philly's pass rush in this game, which was a big factor of why they couldn't they couldn't get what they need to after Patrick Mahomes. And on top of that, too, just a great call by Eric Bieniemy and by Andy Reid. They knew everything this defense was doing. Rumor is out there that uh, Andy Reid called up Doug Peterson and asked him kind of, you know, different things that he may have seen that this Philly team was doing based upon when they played him earlier in the season on the Jaguars. And he talked about it. He talked about the fact that they like to over-pursue, that their cornerbacks like to cheat. When they see motion, they like to cheat to the one side. And you can tell they went into halftime, they made those adjustments that this defense could not find a way to freaking win. And even though they wanted to trash talk my 49ers <laughs> all week long saying that we were nothing but hate, 49ers were right. Debo, Kittle, freaking McCaffrey, they all said this Philadelphia Eagles defense has weaknesses. We just could not attack it, but we know what they are. And by the way, Kansas City exposed them. I think you hit it on the head with, with Philly's defense. And you look at Mahomes, he was not 100% going into this game. And then at one point, uh, one of those Philadelphia linemen landed on his ankle again and he was hobbling around. But I felt like all game Longstone, there was no pressure, hardly any pressure put on Mahomes. Hey, they just, they, they weren't getting pressure on him and he was having all day to throw. He was having that run that he took off with in the fourth quarter. You could tell that that ankle was bothering him. And he looked like me trying to run to the bathroom after eating at a Chinese buffet or something. I mean, my goodness, he was running down the field and yeah, he picked up the first down, but I mean, you could tell that he was in a lot of pain, but Mahomes made the plays that he had to, and it all came together. I mean, if I heard one more time this season after, especially after Thanksgiving, you know, I, I texted you this, we talked about it on the air. I get it. You know, we, we talked about it tonight. Tyree Kill, that was a huge loss. Tyree Kill is a great player. But at a certain point, I felt like all these announcers, they were so lazy in their takes, especially after Thanksgiving. Like, look, Tyree Kill, he's in Miami. He's wearing a different uniform. He plays for a different team. This is a different team now in Kansas City, and you have to talk about these different weapons that they have. They still have Travis Kelsey. Kelsey. Uh, you know, at the beginning of the year, we were talking about Clyde Edwards-Alaire. That guy... Is he even around anymore? Like it, it turned into Isaiah Pacheco and the Jarek McKinnon show. This team evolved as the season went on and it, it was just really special to see. It just shows you too where Isaiah Pacheco was drafted. Half these idiots that are in NFL boardrooms somewhere trying to make these decisions. They have no idea how these guys are going to turn out. Everyone said Pacheco was undersized. He wouldn't make it. He's fast, but he's undersized. Look at the, the what he did coming on once Clyde Edwards-Alaire got hurt. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, 
he might get another opportunity somewhere else, but I highly doubt he'll be back in Kansas City next year. Isaiah Pacheco's your starter next year, along with if they have McKinnon come back. Those guys are going to be the one-two punch. I just I, that that's what's great about the NFL Stone is like you get an opportunity and you seize it, or you blow your opportunity. That might be it for you. That's the beauty of the NFL. Yes, it's the ultimate blue-collar lunch pail sport. If you're willing to work hard and you're continuing willing to work hard, the opportunities are going to be there for you. If you're going to rest on your laurels because you're a first-round draft pick, Clyde edwards Blair, yeah, you know, and you get injured or you're just simply not producing and you can't figure it out, which I got money. If I was coaching on that staff, I could probably figure it out real quick why he, he isn't the guy. They're going to move on. There's guys always there willing to take your job. And that's also the way too. a lot of the, a lot of people complain about the way the salary structure is set up in the NFL and the contracts are set up in the NFL. That's the beauty of the NFL is the fact these contracts, this not fully guaranteed and things like that, that allows your team to pivot off of guys that allows your team to freaking go and find talent in places that you would normally not talent 50 percent of the nfl is non-drafted mm-hmm. i mean that should tell you if you want to talk about the glass ceiling if you want to talk about the ability to break in as a professional athlete yeah you may have been passed over as a draft pick you know what you got a chip on your shoulder you may be a sixth round quarterback that nobody really wanted even on your team but we'll give you a look yeah you turn into the greatest of all fucking time yeah that's the kind of thing that makes the nfl great that is what's relatable nba take note um you know so those are the things that's why it is the top sport that's why we love watching this and andy reed does it every single year and eric Bieniemy with him who also coaches the running backs we remember t- two years ago or three years ago when they won the super bowl it was damian williams yeah. coming off the bench for that team and finding a way to freaking practically be the NF the MVP of the Super Bowl that year. They it doesn't they're like Kyle Shanahan. We're gonna plug in anybody and yeah, you're gonna get the living crap beat beat out of you, but you're an NFL starter and you're gonna get an opportunity. And my offense, my offense is good enough. Anybody who can tout the rock here, baby, and you can run a sub four five or sub four six, you're going to be successful. That's the bottom line. Be smart too, by the way. Mark Stone here. Uh, we're recapping the big game, and uh, you know, either Eric Bieniemy is just terrible in interviews, or he's like the smartest guy in the room. Uh, and I, I guess I don't I don't know him. I've never met him. I probably never will meet him. But I, I read a report like after the Super Bowl, Andy Reid came out and said something like, well, I know his name's in the hat for a few different things. And if he gets an opportunity, we want him to, you know, be the head dog somewhere. We wish him well, blah, blah, blah. Kind of like the corporate line sort of thing. And then ESPN ran an article like the day after the Super Bowl saying like, well, he's in line for some other offensive coordinator jobs. And I'm like, why would you ever leave Kansas city and be the offensive coordinator for Patrick Mahomes? Like what is a better situation? So I, I I don't know, like maybe this guy at one point, I thought this a lot with Josh McDaniels. Maybe, you know, I was clearly wrong on that. I thought at one point, maybe the Patriots said, look, you stay around when bill retires, it will be your thing. Maybe they've had that conversation with Eric in Kansas city. I don't know. I have no information on that, but 
also like what's a better situation for him? Like, I, I don't feel like there is a better situation. Go win more rings with, with Patrick Mahomes. Like you pay me, whatever, pay me 50 grand a year. I'll be the offensive coordinator for Patrick Mahomes. You're not going to get a better situation. Well, here's, here, here's the thing. I, I agree with you in the fact that it's a great situation for you to be in with the fact that you're coaching under Andy Reid and what could be a better situation. Well, here's where the NFL teams are holding him back. A lot of NFL teams now want their, their, uh, what I want to say, their head coach who calls offense to call the offense. Mm -hmm. The enemy is not calling the offense in Kansas city right now. He's, he's helping with the game plan. He's helping with adjustments. He's coaching running backs. He's doing all those things. But that's, I think, being the fact, and he might be a horrible interviewer as well, which yeah. probably doesn't help his case. So I think that's where he needs to go. To me right now, the ultimate the ultimate move, and I heard this today, and I thought, you know what, it makes a lot of sense. If Eric Bieniemy is the guy we think he is, and he's old school, I remember him running when I was a kid for the San Diego Chargers, and he was just a brute, and nobody could stop him, and it was run first, smash mouth football. If I'm Jonathan Gannon right now, the newly minted head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, I'm calling Eric Bieniemy to see if he wants to again yes. see. team up with me. You got Kyler Murray. You've got all these weapons on offense. Why don't you come on down here and let's see if we can make this happen. Well, and what's interesting about that is when they hired Gannon in Arizona, I was going to text you and, and I thought, no, I'll save it for the show to get your thoughts. And I'm like, that's an interesting hire. Not that he's not qualified, but is, is in a way, is that higher? Is that a signal in the confidence in the new direction with the franchise, even though they just inked Kyler Murray long-term? Is that sort of the franchise saying, yeah, we inked you long-term, but we're totally rebranding? I mean, they're hiring a defensive coordinator for their coach. I mean, to me, if I'm Kyler Murray, I don't know how much I love that. No, I, 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 that's why I said it. The key is to get an offensive coordinator yeah. in there who's worth a crap. And Jonathan Gannon, yeah, I think they went with a defensive guy. Again, it's a pivot away from C Cliff Kingsbury, but they're still going with that young up-and-comer. So I think I understand why they went with that to kind of again. And they've got all these playmakers on defense too, speed and all that good stuff. So maybe he can bring the best out of them, even though he was exposed in the Super Bowl. I don't know. That that organization seems like a mess. Before I get a couple thoughts from you on the offseason, give me uh, your brief thoughts on the legendary halftime show and uh, also uh, the commercials of uh, the Super Bowl. Um, first of all, at the halftime show, I guess I get the halftime show probably a B minus. I thought, I thought, uh, <laughs> Aaliyah, I mean, uh, Rihanna was, was all right. I mean, I get it. She hasn't performed in six, seven years, whatever it is. But again, it, it's, it's, and I love the fact too, she didn't bring on any guests. It wasn't any of this bullshit where we're trying to make it bigger than what it is or whatever you know she did her thing but it, it's just not my thing I, I get it they got a spike during halftime 
Bravo NFL you can fleece the masses out there <laughs> to tune into your number one show on the year. So great job by them. But yeah, I, I, you know what? I could really, I, I what was the last halftime show that was not a major performer? Freaking, uh, freaking, it was here in Minneapolis back in 19. It, well, it was right. like wonderful winter time or something. <laughs> yes, you we, know, I don't, we've I talked don't about mind. it. We've talked about it on the show. In 92 or whatever year it was, we had like some Winterland bullshit with Gloria Stefan and ice skaters and all of this stuff and some pep band out there playing. And the next year when the Super Bowl was in Los Angeles, they had the king of freaking pop stone. They had Michael Jackson roping in from from the upper level of the L.A. Coliseum and performing a string of his hits. That's when all of the big stuff started. But we were treated to Gloria Stefan and ice skating the year before. Well, you know, and everybody used to switch off and like places like In Living Color. Yeah. And I think somewhere else always ran their halftime shows. They always ran a show right during halftime. And those are the days I remember with halftime when the commercials were great and everybody else was running the halftime show that was better than yeah. the halftime show. And you know what? That was real made for TV. I don't, like I said, I don't think Rihanna was super bad, but. It, 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 it's just not my thing. So that's kind of that. Like I said, I give it a B minus. As far as the commercials go, I thought the commercials, there were a couple of them that were really, really good this year. Not super great. I think the days of super great are done because, again, I think just marketing in general, <laughs> you know, worldwide has gotten to be very, very bland. People don't got original ideas anymore. And I think that's part of the issue why we're not getting quality well, commercials. And, and, and I, I, I like the, the Ben Affleck, J-Lo Duncan commercial. I thought the Pepsi ads with Steve Martin and Ben Stiller were great. I also forgot to mention earlier the Bush Light ad with Sarah McLaughlin. I thought that was pretty funny. But you look, we've been in the world of marketing and advertising. We know how it works. Most of these guys sit in a boardroom. They get paid way too much money. They love the smell of their own ass way too much. And they think that anything that they mention is some brilliant idea. So most of these ads, they don't make sense. They're way too inside. And they're like, oh, that's so clever. <laughs> We're going to spend $7 million on some bullshit and think they're going to see some massive return from it. They, they're they not going to see any return. They just want to get their name out there so they can tell all of their douchebag friends, hey, I thought of that ad. How, how clever was that? <laughs> it's like that's the, that's the world of marketing we live in. 90% of these people that are in that industry are douchebags. Right. No, I'm in total agreement with that. So, yeah, it, it, there's a reason why marketing gets to be the first department that's cut <laughs> every time when it's pullbacks. I mean, it's not a shocker, folks. Yeah, hear that hack? <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, 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 you better go start finding a job hack yeah, and beef but, it up a little bit here. A case of Nathan's hot dogs, not enough. Yeah, bundle up, buddy. <laughs> all right, uh, all right, couple of just quick questions. I, where does Derek Carr go this offseason now that uh, he's been cut? Well, I've heard Carolina is like the destination everybody thinks Yeah, he's going to. Um, I, I, yeah, it's an easy, it's an easy thing for him to go there and, and the NFC South is wide open. He gets yeah. out of the AFC, but I just, I just really don't think that that's it's it to me. It's not a super splashy thing. Um, 
if I was if I was trying to freaking to freaking do something with him, you know, somebody here. If I was if I was the Raiders, I mean not the Raiders, if I was the Rams, I think I would try to get in on Derek Carr's sweepstakes and find a way to get rid of Stafford. Well, and does Stafford come back? I mean, he's had a bunch he of health says issues. He is. Yeah. But they said they want him to restructure his contract. How bad is the NFC South going to be next year? Still in the winner of that division, they might win seven games next year unless they're unless a team has a really good draft, but with uh, Tom retiring in Tampa, uh, yikes. Carolina, they're kind of at that 6-7 win range right now. New Orleans, who knows what the hell they're going to be like in Atlanta. I, Again, we have a whole offseason here, but that division might be the worst in football next year. Well, and again, if Carolina or the Saints, who have been connected with Carr previously, if either one of those teams land him automatically they're the favorite to win that division but yeah it's a it's a dumpster fire tampa tampa's been kind of connected with jimmy garoppolo um you know i suppose they could try to find a way to get Derek carr but they they're in trouble as well too no the whole the whole division's a dumpster fire it could be the worst division of football next year once again what about Aaron Rodgers? I mean, my goodness, he's he, this weekend he's doing his like no light. Uh, I don't even know what he's calling it. He's he's like not exposing himself to any light for for four days or something. This guy can he just come out and say like he's on some real psychotic drugs or something? Like I, what is that thing he takes? It's 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 like metawaska or something some like herb yep. uh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> on alaska or whatever yeah. Yeah. oh my goodness this guy i'm telling you no i uh, colin coward said it this week and he said it perfectly aaron Rodgers is going into a black hole for the next four four <laughs> days he should stay there permanently <laughs> and go to the raiders you know how much perfect would it be i mean aaron Rodgers already kind of looks like a knockoff of kenny stabler right? yeah <laughs> him him teaming back up with Devonte adams and let's face it a lot of nfl greats have gone to the raiders to die this is perfect. It's a perfect opportunity for them. The Raiders have the tra- have the trade capital to make this happen with the with the uh, with the Packers. Freaking do it! I mean, Josh McDaniels. Josh McDaniels is on the hot seat, whether or not whether or not Mark Davis wants to admit it or not, because maybe he can't afford it. But yeah. he is, and what better way to save things? Even if you only get Aaron for a year, maybe two, that might be enough to again buy some more time for Josh McDaniels. You pick him, you pair him back up with this offense with a receiver he he's very familiar with in Devonte adams a slot receiver in hunter renfro which i think is top five in the league darren waller's still a top 10 tight end josh jacobs are gonna franchise tag him even and they've got the cap space too to take on rogers as well too and still franchise tag josh jacobs yeah their defense will still be shitty but so was the packers the whole time rogers was there so there you go it's the packers 2.0 and you gotta compete in the new afc west which has become nutsville if you're any if you're any quarterback that has an option to go somewhere if i was garoppolo if i was Carr any free agent, I'm looking at any team in the NFC. 
because honestly, dude, the, the AFC is so stacked. You got the Super Bowl champ there, you know, and then you have this whole crop of, well, if they don't get back to the Super Bowl, you got to go through Josh Allen. You got to go through Joe Cool. You got to go through Trevor Lawrence. You got to go through Herbert. You got to go through Lamar Jackson. Now, those are just the kids. You mentioned the the Denver pick of of, uh, like the win increase total. Now, I know Russell Wilson had a terrible year last year, but if anyone can resurrect his career, it's going to be Sean Payton. You know a guy, like there's going to be some veteran guy that's going to come along in the next two, three, four years that's going to say, hey, not not so fast here where I'm going to go back to a Super Bowl or at least try and have one really good season coming up. So I'm not right enough a guy like Russell Wilson quite yet, even though I want to. I mean, so the AFC is loaded. If you're a free agent quarterback or you could be traded somewhere, I would encourage you to pick somewhere in the NFC. Right. Yeah. Well, no, if you're a quarterback, you want to stay in the NFC, but that's – I have no clue where Jimmy G is going to go. I think Jimmy G may end up in Oakland if – not Oakland, in Vegas if Rodgers does not end up there. But I could also see Jimmy G ending up in in Tampa. I could see Jimmy G ending up in New York. There's, I mean, there's a lot of options there. I mean, he's I mean, almost – the the match so, go ahead the match made in heaven not to interrupt you but the match made in heaven is is the jets i mean my goodness i mean is there anybody cooler uh in you know not being weird with it but jimmy g's a good looking dude too and he's very confident i mean the guy would thrive in new york that's the market is made for him new york wouldn't have had uh, such a cool quarterback since joe namath i mean my goodness i'm not saying they're going to win the whole thing but you, they wouldn't have a court. They haven't had a quarterback with that amount of swagger since Joe Namath. I'm not saying Garoppolo is Namath, but I'm just saying he kind of possesses a lot of those same characteristics. Well, don't forget Mark Sanchez <laughs> and the butt fumble there in two AFC Championship oh. games. I mean, same kind of the same kind of pedigree. I would say that Jimmy brings yeah. as far as looks and things like that. I mean, definitely it's on the Sanchez level, and I think Chets fans right now would take two AFC Championship games if they could get them. Um, my whole problem with what's going on in New York is that we've got. Buddy Wackett as <laughs> offensive coordinator. Yeah. And wasn't there somebody else they brought in there that I was just like, what are you doing? There was somebody else that was hired there for coaching. I, I that, can't even on remember. On the offensive side that I can't even. Well, I, I feel like they brought in Buddy Wackett to, to try to lure Aaron Rodgers. And I, I don't feel like that's, like that's going to happen. So I, I don't know. It's just. I don't know. They're grasping at straws at a certain point, but hey, I know I've kept you way over time. I, I want to thank you again for all your contributions this season, Stone. It's always so much fun having you on, and uh, we'll catch up uh, off the air for some wings and beer soon. Definitely, Trevor. Always a pleasure coming on for another free for all Friday on the Trevor J. Brown Show on the Inherent Dream Podcast Network. The Trevor J. Brown Show. Time to relax. Time to treat yourself. Time for a massage. Time to head to In Good Hands Massage in Malacca. 
In Good Hands Massage specializes in all types of massage, including deep tissue, relaxation, hot stone, sports massage, and more. They also offer salt lamps, essential oils, and much more. Book your appointment today or get your gift cards at facebook.com slash massage by Lindsay. In Good Hands Massage in Malacca, the official relaxation spot of the Trevor J. Brown Show. Big thanks to Mark Stone for joining us here on the Trevor J. Brown Show. Say, tomorrow bonus content Saturday is exclusive on the Spotify app. We are continuing to build our playlist of the thousand greatest songs of all time. You can follow along with the playlist. Just search for the 1000 songs by the Inherent Dream Podcast Network and In the next month, we are adding songs from Tears for Fears, The Clash, The Police, Green Day, and so many more. What songs are we adding tomorrow? Tune in and find out on bonus content Saturday here on the Inherent Dream Podcast Network. We also invite you to check out 763 the local here on the podcast network that's our local morning show for friends in central minnesota and zimmerman and elk river and rogers and princeton and malacca we have some news and information for you we have the forecast some local high school sports scores a community calendar we do interviews with local newsmakers and businesses as well and the best part it's only 30 minutes 30 minutes, Monday through Friday, 763, the local right here on the Inherent Dream Podcast Network. And final housekeeping nugget, we invite you to keep on our website, InherentDream.com. We just launched the Inherent Dream Gallery. This is a permanent yet evolving collection, sort of a best of, of all of our best digital art and photography that we've had since the launch of the company in 2015. We will continue to have standalone exhibits, but this uh, gallery will be a permanent fixture on the website, and we invite you to go and check out all of the pictures yourself, inherentdream.com backslash gallery. I'm going to rest up this weekend and hopefully kick COVID to the curb. I'll talk to you Monday on 763 The Local here on the Inherent Dream Podcast Network. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great weekend. This has been the Trevor J. Brown Show. The opinions expressed on this show do not express the views of staff, management, or sponsors of Inherent Dream Production Company or streaming services where the show may be heard. The Trevor J. Brown Show is a production of Inherent Dream Production Company. This is the Inherit Dream Podcast Network.